Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, welcome to Is It Just Me, the podcast that we like to think of as your weekly dose of very cheap and, well, frankly, probably quite ill-advised therapy. Well, that's it is like that for me, Joe Elvin and James Williams, him, your host. It's the podcast where we examine the weird little thoughts that lurk in our brains and ask, is it just me who thinks colored loo roll should be illegal? Or is it just me who thinks that maybe my dog thinks I'm a, well, a bit of a dick, but you know, all the really important stuff like that. So if you're worried that it is just you, I promise you it's probably us too. Welcome to the show where every week we invite a celebrity guest to dissect the inner workings of our brains with us and share their weirdness with us too. This week, we're joined by Seema Jaswal, one of the best sports presenters working in TV today. She's hosted everything, you guys, everything from Premier League football to something called the snooker. And soon she'll be working on the Euros for ITV. And this will be interesting because um, Seema, I don't really know how to talk about sport. So welcome. <laughs> Teach me how to talk about sport. Thank you. Do you know what? I think that's the best introduction I've ever had. I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Do you know what? I love the concept of this podcast. I think it's just brilliant because you say all the weird and wonderful things that go through your mind. I think this is these are my conversations daily with like my best friend. We always talk about things that we feel like we need to get off our chest, yet it's just pointless. It's a wasted hour, but you feel better for it afterwards. And then I have a whole Sometimes you can't believe the things that you think about. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, the coloured loo roll thing, by the way, I quite like the idea of that. I've even got a Sudoku loo roll. What? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this podcast, it never fails to deliver. That is a fantastic <laughs> fact straight off the bat. And also, we always <laughs> get some sort of... There's always some sort of toilet mention in this podcast. We, we, we don't know how we well, manage to do every week. My fault. Hashtag Australia. That is true. We went <laughs> early this time. Well, I mean, first of all, Joe, I, I don't think you're a dick. It's just your dog. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people think I'm a dick. <laughs> um, now, yeah. Hang on, we need to rewind. I need to know more about this Sudoku, Sudoku um, loo roll. 
Well, it was my mum that bought it for my husband um, as a stocking filler, actually. Right. But it was just, you know, one of those gimmicky things you can you can buy as a funny present. And, and, and that's that, that. because, though, she thinks he's really clever and good at Sudoku or that he spends too much time on the loo. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love me for this. He's gonna love me for this. <laughs> I um, I'm. I have to say, I'd be more likely to get on board with a kind of gimmicky toilet roll than I. I mean, literally, me and coloured toilet paper, I, I can't bear it. Toilet paper has to be. I, I can't. Cause I have a real strong issue about it because I feel like nothing looks good coming out. Basically, what you use toilet paper for, no background colour is going to make it look any more attractive. And you look at it. So my feeling is just keep it white and clean and simple. But Actually, I could imagine like a crossword or even like a Rubik's cube or maybe something festive. Yeah. That that could work. I'm really jealous of those people who had them printed with Donald Trump's face on them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do you know what? Recently, I bought um, bin liners uh, that have lemons and limes all over them, and I'm so proud of my purchase because you know they're just cool. So yeah, anything with a bit of print, I'm happy. The bins out, doesn't it? <laughs> makes it yeah makes it more fun you've got you've got, you've got to find joy where you can in life I've exactly, exactly. <laughs> even in putting out the bin but Seema enough about toilet paper I guess we need to talk about some really important stuff which is actually I mean it's very timely um you know Joe and I are going to do the best performance of our life here trying to pretend we actually love football aren't we Joe all right I'll give you a crash course, <laughs> I'm not I'm not as bad as Joe but yeah. um, I will say this, I, I, it was really funny. I walked past my local pub yesterday and there were all these flags up. And I was like, my first thought was, but Eurovision's over. <laughs> <laughs> and then my friend went, no, it's the Euros. They start next weekend. And I was going, oh, yes, of course, of course, of course. Anyway, so it's in the air, Seema. The, the, the excitement is palpable. You're off to Maidstone. <laughs> I am, Maidstone. Well, Maidstone and Wembley, but yeah, Maidstone primarily. Um, no, I am so excited. I mean, to be one of the hosts for the Euros for ITV is just, it's such an honour. It's such a privilege to do. Um, I spend a lot of time hosting football anyway because I host the Premier League's global coverage. It goes out all around the world. So if you're ever on holiday and you happen to be watching football, happen to be, um, you would generally see me fronting the coverage. But now I'm you know, based here with the ITV team, who I know very well from the Russia World Cup. We had a great time together. And to have gone from reporting then to now hosting the live matches and the highlights and doing a little bit pitch side at Wembley is just, it's amazing. I still can't believe it. And I'm so excited. Obviously, we all had to wait for a year because it was delayed. So the excitement levels were building and then obviously things got called off. And now to have been able to share it with everyone as well was the thing that I was most looking forward to because I couldn't really tell anyone for a long time. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And the thing is amazing. And how do you feel about, well, first of all, I want to ask, how how did you become so interested in sport? What, what's been your journey? Well, I, so as a child, I just loved sport and it came from my parents, really. So my granddad, um, born and raised and lived in Uganda, um, he was a really keen tennis player. And he used to play on the clay courts. He played like to a really high level. And then he encouraged my mum and her brothers mainly to play tennis. And so when I was born, my mum and dad thought, <clears throat> maybe I have that tennis gene in me. Maybe, maybe I have the skills. So they took me to a tournament really early on, like when I was about five years old. And I ended up winning it randomly. And it was oh something God. that I just knew. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. It's like, it was only like short tennis, like indoors with the soft spongy balls. And I was only this hi um but it was something that I picked up naturally and I really enjoyed so they just continued encouraging me to play I became a tennis coach 
And it was something I thought I might do as a career at one point. But um, alongside that, at school, I studied PE and A-level sport and I played for every single team. I just loved sport. I loved being part of sports teams. And when when I ended up going to university, so my parents were like, look, you should get a degree. And I was thinking, I don't know what I want to do in life. I knew that I loved sport, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I decided to go and do sociology and politics, which I know is really random because I love my sport. But I thought that would open some doors if I needed to, if I wanted to do yeah, something. Yeah, that's a good rounded education. Yeah. Don't yeah. know what you Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it came through that. And then um, an opportunity came about um, to become a runner at Sky Sports, which is really close to where I live. So I'd handed out my CV to loads of different places going for different jobs, but I saw that there was an opportunity there. So I ended up handing in my CV and that's where it started because when I walked into the studio, so as a runner, you get, you know, you get teas and coffees for everyone and you're printing scripts, you're getting guests from the, the main um, entrance and you're just looking after things behind the scenes, but you also get to see what everybody does in production. And I saw the studio, I just fell in love with the idea of becoming a presenter and that's kind of where it started for me. That's, I think that's just amazing. And now I, I hate to go straight to this, but it is still reasonably unusual for, for women to be, hosting football do you how do you feel about that do you feel a different weight of responsibility than if you were a guy do you think well it's interesting I get asked this a lot and I think when I first entered the industry and possibly even before that you would only see the likes of Gabby Logan Claire Balding Kirsty Gallagher Hazel Irvin those are the four that really stand out to me that would be fronting sports and even when I was at Sky Sports News I think Kirsty Gallagher and Georgie Thompson were the main females there but as I've got into the industry, and especially at the Premier League, where I host all the global coverage, there are so many female presenters. It's mm. really, really nice to see. I know it's still, there's still work to be done. There's, it's definitely not balanced yet. But my experience, I think has been quite different. I've been quite lucky. And actually, even before that, when I went out to India to host all the Indian football, I was the face of Indian football in 2016 for Star Sports. And and even out there, they really championed female sports presenters. They encourage you'd see more female sports presenters than male. Then when I came to the Premier League, I had the same experience. And then with the BBC Snooker, you know, snooker is a very male-dominated sport, and the pundits, apart from one, um, is uh, generally all male. But behind the scenes, you've got a female director who's constantly in my ear, female producers, female floor ops. There are there is a bit more of a balance and I feel like I've entered it during a period of change um, and the Premier League as well. It's the same with the production. So it's quite exciting because I think that things are moving. I think it's quite normal now to see females fronting sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's undergone a transition, I think, very recently. And I've come into it during that time. Yeah. That's true. And, and I think what's nice to hear is it, 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 that is also reflected in the off camera team as well. It's not because I think the idea was it's all well and good putting women on camera. But what about the actual people behind it? But it's great to hear that it's a very diverse crew. Yeah. As well. and, and, you know, back to the question, I know, Joe, you mentioned, do I feel like I need to work harder? Well, actually, a lot of the times when I was getting into it, people did say to me, Seema, because you're a woman, it's going to be harder. I did get a lot of that, you know, because you're a female it might not be as easy for you. And also because you don't really come from a football background, you come from a sports background. So that's another thing. And then you don't know your snooker because you did, I didn't grow up with snooker. So that's going to be a challenge. And they were challenges, but I kind of just use them, those sorts of comments to motivate me, I think, to yeah. just try harder. I think it's really interesting what, what you just said about the snooker, because I was going to ask you, there must be 
in, in all the different variety of sports that you um, host and commentate on, there must be one that you think, Christ, this is boring. And I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd bet Snooker might be one. <laughs> well, I will say one thing. When I was asked to host the snooker, well, first of all, report on it. I was like, I've never watched a frame of snooker in my life. How am I going to do this? And it is one of those sports. If you do not enjoy it and if you do not like it, there is no point in working in it because you will get bored. Um, I then decided to record loads of snooker matches and I just watched them back to back. There are some frames, of course, that get scrappy and that get boring. Anyone would tell you that. But when you get to understand the game, I mean, I've, I love it. I love it now. And I don't think you can believe that I actually do, but I really do. I don't know how they do it, but I, there's no way I could watch more than about 10 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll watch it with you, Joe, and I will talk you through everything that's going on. And I, Do you like chess? Oh, I liked the Queen's Gambit. Does that count? There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think this is this is perfect. It's yeah. uh, it's a bit like chess. It's yeah. very tactical. It's very much about thinking about your next move. And um, it's, yeah, it's... Um, it's a very clever and very intelligent sport. I I, I do enjoy it. Well, enjoy you know, it. my dad's going to love this then, Steve, because I was about to say, uh, weirdly, snooker is one of those sports that I grew up with because my dad was really into it. In fact, my uh-huh. dad my dad taught Terry Griffiths how to play snooker. I didn't know any- Yes, he went on to win. So my, and my dad actually beat Terry Griffiths at one point. So, uh, yeah, so weirdly. I'm really famous in the sport, right? I'm just nodding along. Like, I- yeah. He, he, I think he's the world champion. He was the world champion at one point, Terry Griffiths. He's, he's based on my hometown in Wales. He actually has a, there's actually a snooker hall in my hometown, which is called the Terry Griffiths Snooker Hall. So, yeah. Legend, yeah. He's a big amazing. So did you play, James? Well, I did. My sister actually was way better than me. So that's always the way it is, right? So it's a bit like, oh. Um, but, I mean, actually, this is a very good way to segue into our first, is it just me? Should we get into it? Because I think this is a very easy way to segue and say, oh, is it just me who is a bit of a fair weather sports fan? Because, and but also, I, not just a fair weather. I think I'm going to say I'm a proud card carrying fair weather sports fan because I'll be honest, I am probably one of those terrible cliches that is very interested when it becomes a big national event. So I get really excited about the Olympics. I love the, the annual Wimbledon Championships. I think it's shit about tennis the rest of the year round. <laughs> but, yeah, but, and I guess, likewise, I'm not, I, I can honestly say, being raised in Wales, the national game there is rugby. So I'm not into football really I really I'm not but then I get caught up in I think because this nation is so football obsessed you can't help but either go with it or you know go against it and I always go with it because you know the energy and you know especially when you the sun is shining and the pubs are back open it becomes almost like a, a lovely sort of thing to be around well when the energy is good and when we're winning I guess but um but yeah how do you feel Seema about fair weather sports fans you know what I well I think if I was one I wouldn't be in a job so I can't say I am but I can relate I can relate to uh, to what you're saying um, I remember having a conversation with one of my friends so I got asked to host the cricket world cup in the summer it was back in 2019 and it was amazing so it was all around um England and I remember her saying I absolutely love cricket and I'm thinking you don't like sport like how do you like cricket she's like no but I love the fact that you can just sit and drink for about eight hours you can sit in the sun you're out I like- I'm like oh so that's why you like cricket so there yeah. you go I was going to say and when I think about the, the sports events I've enjoyed it's because in my very spoilt privileged life as a magazine editor it's because I've been invited to sit and drink pims in a VIP tent at Wimbledon or have a I, I got flown by private jet once to the Monaco Grand Prix 
No. Um, that's yeah. Amazing. This pandemic is um, really bad for my enjoyment of sport <laughs> because I like all the shit around the event. Do you know what I mean? And then stuck every now and again go, oh, you know, well done, that sporting chap, you know, but most Clapped of the time. Everyone else has started clapping. Yeah. But the thing, yeah. my thing about sport is, I guess, because people are always really surprised actually, because I, I will watch a question of sport. Like I actually, I actually do quite well on the question of sport. And like my friends are always staggered when on the picture round, I can pretty much name 11 out of the 12 people. And they're going, hang on a second. I've never he heard you once talk about sport. But I think the thing about me is, I feel a bit like, cause I'm not into the big sports and I think the sports that get a lot of newspaper coverage and a lot of prime time coverage. So for me, those would be, I'd argue football, yeah. Formula One, uh, and possibly what, 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 snooker. Would you say it was the next one, Seema? No, I, I wouldn't say it, it's actually more of a niche. I mean, it's, it has recently, definitely. Yeah. But I would say in terms of sports that get a lot of coverage, but wouldn't rugby be one? I think. Yeah, but I, but I, I think rugby is more seasonal, whereas I think football, the, the, the football, football season goes on for a long time, whereas rugby, I think, yeah, is a bit more sort of wintry. But anyway, I, so I always feel a bit like, um, you know, I'm not interested in, in those sports. Um, I'm more interested in, like I said, the tennis, the athletics. I guess they are a lot more seasonal, aren't they? So they're more sort of summer-based and, and all that kind of stuff. But So I'm not um, anti-sport in any way, shape or form, but the truth is, I just don't, I think maybe it's, because I was raised in, in a, a rugby playing town and you know, where sport, uh, rugby was the, the sport. But uh, I feel a bit annoyed sometimes where I think football gets too much attention in this country. I think we're almost too fixated on it. I mean, actually not that good at it. <laughs> I, think, I think football is one of those sports, though, that everybody loves and resonates with because all you need is a football and some space. And you can even play a bit of football in your living room if you want to. Whereas I feel like with things like tennis, or rugby, or there are lots of sports, cricket, snooker, where you it requires, well, not rugby, but those other sports I just mentioned, where you require specific equipment and you need to be trained and you need to have lessons. Golf is another one which I've tried to take up. And I think that's why so many people resonate with football as well, because it, you can just... It's about, you know, it's about that one tennis player and what they can do rather yeah. than a team thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I must admit, though, with, with the fair weather thing, I did try and take up golf because... Um, Everybody in the industry that I work in loves to play golf. Everybody. And they look like they have a lot of fun doing it as well. And I was offered um, some lessons just doing some work with them. So I thought, do you know what? Let me try this. So I'd be at the driving range at six o'clock in the morning, but only when it was sunny. So I, I went for about a month um, during the summer um, every other day for, for probably, yeah, probably about a month. And then I just gave up because it became cold. I was like, I'm not doing this. In the cold. So I, I do relate to you with certain sports. I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, if it's cold, golf's not the one, is it? There's a lot of standing around. You know, yeah. you want to be running. Yeah, but I, I and I do like it. I do the same with tennis. Like I, a lot of people talk to me about tennis because I grew up playing it. It's the sport that I, I really, really passionate about. But actually, thinking about it, the last time I played tennis was probably last summer, and it's becoming a bit of a let's play when the Wimbledon's on kind of thing. So. <laughs> might not want to answer this I don't know but it's I think you're in a really unique position I wonder if you've thought about the whole Naomi Osaka controversy and you know I I kind of I I think it's just I I've gone all around the shop on what I think about it um but as a journalist as a sports journalist did you have any particular strong feelings about her sort of refusing to speak to journalists well I just think the fact is is that she 
struggled so much with her mental health. And I think it just goes to show it, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you've achieved, how much money you earn, because that's well documented in the press all the time, and how successful you are. But mental health can affect absolutely anybody. And I think I know that it's our, it's a duty of a sports person to talk to the press, but she was obviously in a very, very difficult place. And yeah, it's really sad. And I think that I think that it's just an example to everyone that these sports men and women, these athletes, they're human beings. They go yeah. through what everybody goes through in life. And um, I just, yeah, I think that was the main thing that I took out of that. And I do hope, I do wish her all the best, but obviously she would have found it really hard to talk to the press because she just wasn't in the right space. Mm. What do you mean, Joe? I've gone around the houses on this one, but my, my takeaway, I think on that is, and I guess my information comes from, you know, predominantly my background, you know, we worked a lot with Hollywood celebrities, actors, singers, um, pop stars, you know, models. And all of those people are contractually obliged if they're in a film, if they've done a campaign for a big fashion brand, they have to do PR as part of that contract. That, But they are t certainly not obliged to do every bit of PR. And they're certainly, yeah. they're certainly not told what PR to do. They will choose what outlets they will speak to. So I yeah. think it's a little more nuanced than that. And my feeling is I do get it. Why, why should sports people have to talk to everybody every time they have no input on it? So yeah, I, I did, did think it was a bit of a strange thing. That, that doesn't apply to other industries, I don't but, feel like. You know what I think, and this is not, I, I'm not framing this as a criticism of her at all. I'm just genuinely fascinated by how somebody at her level of tennis can have the mental resilience to do the game and be shaken by talking about it. I, I and I'm not saying that those two things can't exist, but I just I just find it fascinating because I'm fascinated by all sports people and the mental game they have to play in their own head all the time. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it is strange because you do almost associate exactly what you just said: the fact that she's at the top of her game. And tennis is a sport where you're out there on your own unless you're playing doubles, but yeah. you're out there on your own. You have to go out there. And it's you stand and fall by those decisions that you make on that tennis court. It's not a team sport. Um, but yeah, it's just another example, as we've seen so many cases, not just through the pandemic before that as well, of people that you probably wouldn't, you just never expect. It just goes to show that yeah. it can affect anybody. And I guess that's my contribution to this fair weather thing is like, it's when things like this happen in sport, suddenly I'm really interested. <laughs> because human story rather than the game yeah. yeah yeah I mean it's interesting you say that because I I've said this to my team before since um becoming a presenter and progressing throughout my career when I'm asked to to be interviewed I'm like oh hold on a second I'm used to asking the questions here I'm so used to being the presenter in the studio asking the questions about football snooker or anything that I any project that I'm given and now suddenly the tables have turned and people are asking me questions I'm like Oh, and I I actually sometimes get really nervous about it still, where I'm like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing, or I don't, I hope like it doesn't come across like this, or I overthink things sometimes. Um, not to the point where it really like troubles me, but you know, I do get those feelings that, and everybody will be like, but you're a presenter, you present sport and you present live TV to millions of people around the world. For the Premier League, it's like 700 million viewers. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm asking the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asked them. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. I think that's the thing though, right? And unfortunately we're in that day and age where one quote becomes clickbait, right? And I think it could be totally taken out of context. I, I do think 
doing media has become a lot more pressurized because of the social media aspect oh, now. Yeah. Where, you know, sometimes you can just literally see one excerpt that could totally mislead you as to what the person actually said within the context of an interview. So, but we well, we talked about this before. Where, where you know, I think that the trouble is with sports people is I don't think they're natural show ponies in the sense that you know actors, singers, models they're used to. You know, there's something about that is about the limelight. I think a lot of sports people just love the sport and the limelight comes with it, but. When, so when it comes to doing things like interviews, it's almost part of the performance for an actor, a singer, a model. Whereas, you know, sports people are just into the sport. So they've almost had to learn. Yeah. You know, watch Andy Murray. He, he was a very unhappy. He hate, You could tell he was so uncomfortable. And now he's kind of turned into this kind of adorably grumpy media and everyone loves him for it. But, you know, he had huge issues with the press, you know. So I think a lot of sports people will, it, not just in tennis, I think across the board will probably feel what Naomi Osaka is doing. That she's probably going to get quite a lot of support for it. Because I think a lot of them do feel uncomfortable in that environment. But, you know, gosh, get us. That did get serious, but I've been, I, it's been rare that I think about sport. And I've thought about this one a lot for the last week. Yeah. Joe, I'm stunned. I'm, I'm taken aback. This, this is progress, yeah. Joe. Progress. Now, quickly, see, we've got to quickly ask before we move on from this topic, what are England's chances in this World Cup, uh, in this Euro, Euro, World Cup, Euros, I've got it wrong already, Euros. Euros. It's the Euros, Euros. and it is, and don't feel, don't feel like you don't know what year it is, it is still Euro 2020, they haven't changed That's it. That's really confusing, isn't I know, it? I know, I knew, yeah, it's Euro 2020. Oh, I know, go back to 20, come on, Euro. <laughs> yeah. I think they had to stick with it. Um, Euro 2020, I think England have, such a good chance and I'm not just saying that because well, I you're really so polite I love <laughs> no no they do okay it's a really exciting time for this England squad we have so much talent across the board I don't think we've ever had this much um star quality amongst the group and I'm talking about from defense all the way through to attack I think we have had a few injuries so they could cost us but generally I think Gareth Southgate's picked a really really great squad and we're in a group with Scotland, so that's going to be a fantastic match. I mean, this is a derby, you can't even call it, but I can't wait for that. They've got um, Croatia, and they've also got, um, oh, I've forgotten, Czech Republic, that's the one. And so I think they have a real chance of winning their group and progressing through. And then when you're in the knockout rounds, then it's anybody's. But I, I, I feel like they're going to progress far. I was in Russia for the World Cup in 2018, and... England got to the semi-final. They lost out to Croatia, but they played really well. They did play really well and they learned a lot about themselves. So I think that we have a chance to go quite far. And home games are all at Wembley, which is... Gareth Southgate seems like a really... Um, a, a whole coach. Like, he's, like, really interested in the physicality and the mentality and the, the his morale seems to be really, really good under him. Yeah, he's he is brilliant. I've had the pleasure... Yeah speaking to him quite a bit actually over the years and interviewing him and he is such a good man manager he's good at managing people and I think that's half of the battle sometimes when you have a good leader you can bring the best out of those players now they naturally get on because a lot of them play in the Premier League and they play for the same clubs or they they're just around the same age group so they genuinely have a lot of chemistry and they get on well but when you've got a leader that brings you together that he's just got he's just brilliant with them he really is so I think they've just, they've just got the right balance of everything at the moment. So I'm going to yeah. say it's coming home. It's coming home. Coming home. So hang on. Uh, Wait. <laughs> you almost... <laughs> well, so wait, a Wait a second, Seema. So, so Wales aren't going to win. <laughs> what? Oh. 
No, do you know what? Wales surprised everyone back in 2016 because they yeah. got to the semi-final, didn't they? Yeah. And small nation, massive heart. I mean, they've got Gareth Bale who came into form in in the last few weeks of the Premier League, or actually for the last half of the Premier League season, I'd say. So you never know. You just right. never know. And Scotland as well. Got to give a shout out to Scotland because they're in a good place and they're in the same group as England. But if both of them could get through to the knockouts, that would be a brilliant, brilliant scenario. Fingers crossed for all the home nations. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on quickly then, just to say to everyone, if you do um, feel very much like me, that there's nothing wrong with being a fair weather football supporter, you know we love hearing from you guys. Uh, the email address is um, isitjustmepodcast at gmail.com. And that's precisely what the lovely Angela Jones did, Joe. She emailed us, and you're going to love this one. She basically emailed to say, um, she had to let you know, it isn't just uh, her who always uses the rotation system for her knickers, <gasps> bras and socks. The rotation system. Rotation system. You spoke about this on the, the Georgia Toffler podcast, and she said she was laughing so much when you explained it, because she does it too. Nima, this is where I make sure that all my underwear, all my tea towels, all my bed sheets get a turn. By when I put... When I put the underwear away, it goes under so that I never keep just using the same ones. Oh, that's so thoughtful of you. Is that to just share the love, basically? Share the love, not not overuse anything, not underuse anything. Well, what if you're in the mood for, like, I don't know, the red pants that you had? No, that's not the rule. No, no, (laughs) it's not the rule. All right, so it's not about what you're in the mood for. You just not red pants. (laughs) Not not your turn. You had a turn yesterday. You have to wait Got even, it. It's like, oh no, no, not the blue ones that don't fit properly. Oh well, it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're no. wearing, say, a white dress and you know you need to wear like the beige underwear, <laughs> if it's not the beige underwear's turn and it's red, then it's red. That's Probably that. gonna have an outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love uh, it. But anyway, Andrew, thank you so much. She said she loves she loves listening to us while cleaning the bathroom, Joe. So we have a we have oh, a you. We do. Anyway, Angie, thank you so much for getting in touch. Yeah. And and if you, uh, like I said, want to get, get a shout on the feature show, drop us an email. It's is it just me podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to just put this one out there because I think this might be one of my very weird ones. But, you know, that's what, what show would be complete with a weird, uh, you know, sort of confession from me. So I've realised I think I've turned into that slightly militant person now. I get very tense. Is it just me that gets very tense when visitors come to my house? Very nice. They bring wine and they bring gifts and it's in a plastic bag because I've become quite smug now. I always have my bag for life on me. I can't remember the last time I paid. 10 pence, five pence, whatever it is for a plastic bag. And I guess because we've been in lockdown, I've had no visitors. So it, it's been a rare sighting of the plastic bag in my house over the last sort of year and a half. And now as restrictions have eased and I've had a few people around, I'm like, why are you bringing plastic bags into my house? And they're a bit like, what? And do you shame about it? Yeah. I, 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 I'm quite unashamedly shaming them about it. Am I, am I an awful, monstrous person? Uh, no, I think, <laughs> you know, we kind of have to, why is plastic still a thing? Why are plastic bags still a thing? I know. It is weird. I know. Mm. I, I have my own little canvas bag, which I like to take around and reuse. I think it's so important to just not use plastic. Um, I'm one of those that's really, really, really passionate about recycling. And I hate litter and I hate all of it. I'm, I am actually really fun about that and I tell people off if I see them drop stuff which is yeah um but um yeah I I am with you I mean I can't say I've ever got really like tense about it but now I've now it's in my mind maybe I will start you know telling anyone that comes over excuse me 
you cannot enter this house if you have a plastic bag. Well, is it, the way you make change, people well, change. Is it really bad? I make people take them home with them. No, <laughs> fine. Is that really bad? I deal with it. Well, no, because you know why? Because I think uh, what about uh, this must have been maybe it was it was probably a, a lockdown project where I literally had one of things to do, and I suddenly thought because I got into that terrible habit of whenever people came around with a plastic bag, you know, I had obviously a, a stash of plastic bags that I had bought over the years, and I just kept shoving them into this one cupboard in my kitchen, and it was that one cupboard from hell. That when you opened it, all the plastic bags would fall out. It would really annoy me. It would just be like guilt tripping me, going, "You've got all this plastic." So. One of my projects was I deliberately got rid of it. I recycled all of it. And I thought, right, I'm not going to have any plastic bags in the house. So I'm just trying to keep it now zero plastic bags. <laughs> so when people bring one from the shop, I'm like, yes, you can take that home with you, please. <laughs> you know, I stuck it to me. Boots, though. What's I, that, I stuck it to the man in boots when I, they, I was sort of like, had my purchases and I'd forgotten to bring a bag. And they've got the paper bags that you have to pay 5p for. And I stole one. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> Good on you. I know. I just thought, you know what? I've already spent X amount of money in here. And it it didn't go, It would the barcode wouldn't work on it. So I thought, screw it. I'm just having it. And I felt really rebellious. And like <laughs> I might, might get stopped on my way out of the shop, but I didn't. Oh, I love it. I love it. Do you know, actually, what you talk about plastic bags, you know what scares me? You know, coming from an Indian family, whenever you have people coming over, so they'll, they will come with the plastic bag full of plastic containers with food in them because everyone has to bring food over. Oh, it's just like literally enough to feed an army as well. You might be just you and your hobby, but they bring containers full of food. And then you end up with all this. Does anyone say the word Tupperware anymore? Because my mom's doing this. Yeah, Tupperware. All these like containers. Um, I don't even remember Vitalite. I don't even know if that still exists, but the Vitalite round margarine tubs were the thing for Indian families because they had just put all the food in there. And then the whole thing is when they leave, they obviously get given a container full of food as well. And the cycle continues. So what scares me is when the family turn up with plastic containers because you end up having a fridge full of food. And you're like, I oh my God. The plastic containers, at least they're being used. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. Definitely. And the, the real is, yeah. of life in your family. Exactly. It just goes round and round. And everyone gets very territorial about their plastics. It's like, make sure you give me the Vitalite tub back because that's my favourite one. I'm like, all right, all right. Mom. <laughs> it's, that's how, how it works. <laughs> I like that insight. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but I, I feel like my Tupperware, I, of all my cupboards, now that I've got rid of, of the plastic bag cupboard, I have to say the second most hated cupboard in my, in my kitchen is the Tupperware cupboard because... Is it just me that cannot stash Tupperware in a way that is... I feel like I'm constantly playing Tetris or like a really bad game of Tetris I'm never going to win. It's just... But always... I'm the one who tries to organise it and everybody else just throws it in in my house. And so inevitably, I'm the one who opens the cupboard. It all falls on me. And then I spend half an hour <laughs> organising again. That's what happens to me. Open the cupboard and it all falls out. And then you spend all this time thinking you've stacked it really well. But then if you need the big container that's underneath, then when you take everything, it just, yeah. Yeah. Think of a storage, like a, a storage system for Tupperware. Maybe yeah. we could invent something. There must, I bet you there's some really terrifyingly anal things you can find on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. Just, I bet yeah. there is. Be because my issue is that you know do you keep the lids on or do that's my issue I, I, to make more of the space i have all the lids off to, so yeah, yeah. but then all the lids always fall out it's a very very stressful experience and, and then finding a lid that 
Yeah. Well, and then it becomes a bit like socks, right? Because you, if you don't pair up the socks as soon as they're dry, you always lose odd socks, right? I feel a bit like that. I, I swear to God, I now have Tupperware lids and I that do not match any of the bottoms. It's like, what the fuck has happened here? It's like a misnomer. I don't get it. Maybe you could label, match, like put like a number, one and one, two and two, so you can have like a little system. So you know that lid goes with that. Love, well, you know already, I love a system. Yeah, exactly. good. we like systems. Oh. I know, <laughs> genius, I'd not thought of that. I was going to say, Joe, I, I was relying on you to just pluck out a, a genius life hack to sort out I my situation. I tried so hard to hack the plastic cupboard, but it's, <laughs> it, it's unhackable. Okay, right, this is now a genuine cry for help to all of our listeners. If anybody out there does know of a brilliant Tupperware storing hack, please get in touch with us and email us. It's isitjustmepodcast at gmail.com. We, all three of us need to know. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the wider world needs to know this. It can't just be us that's stressing about this type of situation. The public service we're performing here. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Final topic time, ladies. What is it? I can't remember. Well, again, this might be a bit of a weird one for me. Sorry, it's a bit of a weird fest of mine this week. This, like, show. Uh, this is called Welcome to James's Brain. Yeah. I like it. I really learned yeah. a lot today, James, about Sorry, me. everyone. Welcome to It's All About Me. No, sorry. Um, no, this one occurred to me this week because actually touching slightly on <laughs> having had that fascinating Tupperware conversation, I, <laughs> I realised the other day that I would be slightly more mortified, I think, if people hacked into my Amazon account and saw what I order on Amazon, rather than say any of my private photos, because there's nothing interesting to see in any of my private photos or emails. But my Amazon order delivery is probably a lot more embarrassing, not because it's kinky. Well, it's just I, it's just quite boring. Although I feel like I may have found a soulmate in Seema because when she mentioned her bin liners with lemon and limes on, <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> Where goes? Yes. Oh, Marks and Spencer's. Ooh. Oh, yes. Yeah. I didn't think that they would be branching out into. Uh, I yeah. think there's three. There's one, one with lemons and one set with limes. And I think I've seen raspberries or blackberries. Or you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to attract back some of those Lakeland weirdos, aren't they? Those people who like really who go in for their banana guards and. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. No. Yeah, I, I am also a fully fessed up Lakeland weirdo. I live for that place. Oh, well, 
I'm now going to be. I'm just going to. I'm just going to be very brave here. I'm actually opening my Amazon account just so I can go through my recent can order. I, because, I, I just. I'm just no, not. No. <laughs> oh my god! Right, just the top three alone are like. <laughs> so uh, a sugar, a sugar thermometer. What? Why not? Because I was lying there one day and I suddenly thought. <laughs> This, this is what I do now. I basically, because I have too much time on my hands, because even though we're, we're still not properly free, we've got too much time, we're all at home far too much. I thought, I just find it, what gadget don't I own in the kitchen? I, it's running low now. So I thought, oh, I'll get a sugar thermometer. Oh, actually, it's because I wanted to make fish and chips for National Fish and Chip Day. And oh, I thought, I oh, I can't heat the oil because I haven't got the thermometer. So yeah, so that's a that's a lovely, sexy one, a, a thermometer. Um, yeah. Oh my God, this is actually slightly embarrassing. <laughs> I've ordered some pampas grass. You know that stuff that one used to think was about swinging in the 70s and the 80s, but it's having a resurgence. It's about swinging. Wow. <laughs> but because yeah. I couldn't actually bring myself to go into a shop and buy it, because I thought, I don't want somebody thinking I'm a swinger, I ordered it on Amazon under the cloak of Amazon. That's you're going to get such a wink and a smile from the delivery. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> And then the other, what's the other one? Oh yes, I mean, oh, an, an ice tray. Because I suddenly thought I'm, I, I, I need to stop buying bags of ice. I bought an ice tray, but you know, oh, I'm, oh, sorry, clothing pegs, clothing pegs. Because I've become obsessed with my clothing line. Yeah. In the, the, the summer months here, and I, I think it was when I was googling. I think I actually put the words chic clothing pegs into Amazon that I suddenly thought this is a low moment where you're, you're even trying to make. Pegs. Pegs, exciting. What, but what pegs did you go for in the end? Like, well, standard? I actually went for, you know, the, <laughs> I did find one. They're, those, they're, they're called dolly ones. So they actually look like little dolls. They're, they're the wooden pegs. They're, they're, they're a slight head and then two legs. But, Amazing. Yes, I know. So, Very I'm impressed. I can see. We've got to appeal to Boris Johnson straight after this podcast. <laughs> we've, we've got to get James out the house. We've got, <laughs> we've got to. Hey. Please vote for Freedom Day, everybody. Freedom. You know what you said about therapy for everyone else? This is basically just my therapy, is it? This, this, is, this is me starting crying for help. Well, it's really funny. I, the, the, with the Amazon history, it's so funny because before, well, as we entered lockdown, so a lot of like, so my hubby's parents and my parents, they weren't so good with, you know, Amazon orders and stuff. So he was like, you know what? Let's put everybody on our account. So he has the account and everybody kind of uses it. yeah so then but when but this is really interesting because i'm like but then everyone can see what everyone's ordering which which is fine but if anyone was to hack into that account i'm telling you you've got so my sister-in-law's also on there as well so you've got like kinetic sand i think i remember seeing oh Um, yeah you've got sophie the the giraffe that teething toy but then my mom's ordered citric acid because she said it's really good to clean the sink you've got like i think a steering yeah. wheel lock, which was my dad. Like, it's just the most random list. And I was like, yeah, we don't really want to show anyone this. But actually, see, but that's quite a funny, it's almost a bit like that could be a good twist on the old family Zoom in lockdown. You could basically guess who placed the Amazon order. Yeah. Uh, that, I think back to that, um, James needs to get out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that to me sounds like a great night out. Am Can't I wait for that. That's what I'm going to do with <laughs> <laughs> oh dear dear I do. no no but i know it is it is it would be fun it would be very fun 
See, I swear under, under normal circumstances, I'm quite a well-rounded human being. I swear, I'm not really this mental. I, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> come, on, come on, Joe. You must have got something embarrassing you've ordered recently. Well, the only thing I bought that I'm slightly embarrassed about, which I don't know why I am, but um, I bought a an oxygen monitor for your finger because somebody who had COVID told me that it really um, helped, it really calmed her down because she felt like she couldn't breathe. But using that thing on her finger, she knew she was getting enough oxygen. So I diligently went and bought one of those when I thought I was going to die of COVID. Um, but apart from that, what have I bought there? Um, the, the, I suppose the most embarrassing thing ever buy on Amazon is, I don't know why, there's these books just full of um, glossy printed paper that you can use to gift wrap. And I, I just really love them and I've got no use for them. And I've got about... 18 of them now <laughs> that's Everyone's a really good idea what do you get books with paper that you can use to yeah you can use it but then they're so pretty I'm a bit loath to use them so I just look at them so I've got this useless stack of books that I just think is really pretty and um yeah oh, I but think it, that sounds really cool I like that I mean it is amazing though isn't it because it's just like you think oh they won't be able to sell this and that's what I find <laughs> it, it, it's just Amazon's world and we now live in it really it really is I think what yeah. if you Hearing up, go onto Amazon, everybody, and Google Paul Ross um, portrait mounted on canvas. It's Jonathan Ross's brother, <laughs> and uh, you can get a canvas portrait of him. And <laughs> best thing about it is all the reviews underneath that are the funniest things <laughs> I've ever life. It's just people going on about, you know, my wife was about to leave me, um, my dog died, but then I got this amazing portrait. Now <laughs> my life, it was it just. It's brilliant. And, and I, every now and again, I go on just to check that it's still there because it cheers me so much. I'm worried I'll end up, I'll, I'll end up buying one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next time you're on the pod, you're going to see yeah. the Paul Ross picture behind me. <laughs> behind me. Oh, dear. Right. Well, I think I'm going to go off and have a, a very harsh word with, my, with me and my life choices right now. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> what's really worrying is, I'm not embarrassed. That's the, I'm worried that I'm not embarrassed about these things. Like I, I, the fact that I've, you know, I'm really proud of my clove pegs. <laughs> I, I, I just you and your sugar thermometer every happiness together. I just <laughs> judgment. I know. Love. And good luck with the Paul Ross picture that's on its way. I guess tomorrow then. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Oh, right. for that, yeah. Thanks for hooking me up there, Joe. Oh, <laughs> hey, who's your pal? Hey, who's your pal? You've always got my back. Um, Seema, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, Euro start this weekend, so you're going to be on our screens a lot over the next few weeks. Good luck. No thank match you. nerves, I hope. Not you need oh. them. It'll be brilliant. But thank thanks you. for joining us again to the spirit of the show. It's a lot of silliness, I know, but thank you for getting Oh, I love it. it. It's been brilliant. I can't believe an hour has just passed this quickly. Oh, thank you. Best start of the day. Time thank flies you. when you're talking about clothes. Watch now, because I know you and I like you, and then I can say, I know no. her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And don't worry, we'll sit down and talk about snooker one day. I promise you. Yeah. We'll oh, yeah. the end. What about the 35th of September? How's that for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. It's my mission now. Challenge. I will. Oh, I, will I will get you into it. <laughs> will there be cake? Will there be cake? cake? Yeah. Yeah, and champagne. Oh, fine. Yeah. 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 Fine. Cool. Can't wait. <laughs> you, you know the way to Joe's sports instincts. Thank you, Jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Works for me as well. Oh, brilliant. Um,
thanks so much again, Seema. And thanks everyone for listening. We will see you again very soon. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.